0: Okay, uh welcome to another episode of Condo Insider. My name is Jane Sugimura and um uh this is a show about living in condos, living and working in condos and I hope that uh, you know we are able to uh, provide you with some information that is uh helpful uh to uh you know your connection with condominiums. <music> And uh, today's episode is is, uh, we're talking about mandatory or voluntary board education and training. And this is a subject matter of a bill that's pending in the legislature right now, Senate Bill 729. And it was introduced by uh, my very good friend, Senator Sharon Moriwaki, who was going to be my guest today. But, you know, she had a last minute call to uh, participate in a hearing so uh, she had to bow out, but I told her I wanted to go forward with it anyway uh, because you know this is a very pressing issue. Wanted to get I wanted to get the information out uh, to the public so that if they wanted to chime in, uh, they could do so by calling their legislators or going online and you know submitting testimony. And and I'm 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 not sure if you know if, you know any of the listeners out there you know uh, have a any. Appealing or interest as to um, uh, whether or not board members should be educated. Uh, Typically, when you serve on a board, uh, and and this has been brought out at the hearings, uh, there are no requirements that you have special training or education. I mean, it's just kind of implied that because you're selected to be on a board of directors, that you are interested in the entity and that you're also interested in promoting whatever that entity does and that you're going to be acting uh, you know in the best interest of whatever that entity is whether it's a corporation or uh, if you um, if, you know if it's if it's a corporation, uh, a profit corporation or a nonprofit corporation like the you know like the Girl Scouts or uh, but you know or an association. Which is what we're talking about today, and and uh, so you know so, so some people think that it's it's strange uh, that the legislature is considering a law that would require uh, people who are elected to serve as board members of their condominium associations to have a certain type of training and to get a certificate to basically prove that they've taken the training because over the years, uh, there have been different groups, um, uh, Community Associations Institute, Hawaii Council of Association of Apartment Owners, the State of Hawaii DCCA Real Estate Branch and all the various uh, property management companies in town, they all offer classes to board members and to owners. Uh, and the state of Hawaii does something called condo Rama. It's free, and anybody can go uh, go to these um, uh, seminars. Most some of them are online now because of the pandemic. And what they do is they, you know, they have speakers uh, who will talk about different topics. Uh, but basically, it's to provide owners and board members with information. And you know, some of you out there might. Be thinking, well, you know, why, you know, why, why do we, you know, why is that necessary? And you know, and some owners, in fact, many owners have showed up at the legislature and complain that you know their board members don't have a clue, and that you know they they hire their relatives to do work for the association, which is a conflict of interest, and that you know, and, and they 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 uh, make decisions on projects like putting pv in the in in the association or insta- installing fire sprinklers and 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 they're not and and the owners are concerned because it looks like maybe you know the board has not hired experts to advise them on you know what kind of uh, contractor should they use and whether or not the process that they are they're, they're going to uh uh use is um uh, prudent and, you know, the, the best uh, procedure possible for the association. And you get a lot of owners who are complaining who say that basically, you know, the board board members are out there, you know, making stupid decisions, wasting the owner's money. And, and so, you know, so there are two sides to every story. So let me just talk to you about Bill 79 because uh, uh to give you an example, what happened, um, let me see, a couple of weeks ago, uh, there was something that was in the news, one Archer Lane, okay, and, and uh, there were some owners who were very, very upset about a decision that their board took, and according to the board members, I mean, they were blindsided because the board uh, essentially did a special assessment that would have resulted in them having to pay $8,000 out of their pocket, $8,000 to $10,000 to pay for repairs to their building. And, you know, building structural repairs are not cheap. I mean, and, and in this case, we're talking about spalling repairs. And, and anybody knows who lives in Hawaii or anybody anywhere knows that concrete buildings are porous. That means... That the uh, we live by an ocean, and so when the air, you know, we're surrounded by salt uh, uh, o- o- air from the ocean that has salt water in it, and so as that goes into the building, it rusts the rebars. The rebars get all rusty, and then the concrete starts f- falling off. And this is very dangerous because that means your building is basically falling apart. And those of you who remember, who have been following the news, uh you know, last year a building collapsed in Florida. I think it was a twelve-story building, and it collapsed because of spalling. Spalling means that you know the the the, the um, they weren't uh, the concrete was uh, was uh, you know crumbling off of the building. The rebars are rusting, and what happens is because the structure is getting weak. The building just collapsed on itself. And, and some people were killed. And you know, this is a very serious problem. I think it was a wake-up call for everybody in the country uh, to you know, start looking at their you know high-rise buildings and to start paying attention uh to um uh making repairs. And in Florida, in Florida, their laws are different. In Hawaii, they're from Hawaii. In Hawaii, we've had something called a budget and reserves law. Uh, We've had it since the early 1990s. And we have it uh, because uh, Macy Hirono, who is now a a senator uh, in Washington uh, for the state of Hawaii, back back in the day, she was head of consumer protection in the state house of uh, the Hawaii state legislature. And she, you know, uh, she and she made sure that we had a reserve law. And what a reserve law does, and just to give you an example, she used to grumble with, at me. You know, she says that she was, she represented the Mo'iliili uh, Makiki area. And uh, she said that, you know, she would get calls from her constituents grumbling about the fact that they bought into a condo a year ago, and now they're getting specially assessed $10,000 dollars to put a new roof on the building. It's like, how come they're getting special assets? They've only been in the building a year. How come the people weren't saving up for this new roof that they knew they would have to replace it sometime? And uh, instead of, you know, having nothing in in the bank so that when it comes time to replace the roof, they have to assess everybody in the building, you know, their pro rata share. And so this happened and, and back in the day before Maisie passed the law, it was voluntary. Uh, some buildings, you know, that had you know, you know, pretty good business people on their board, made sure that there was a reserve account. In other words, when they calculated the maintenance fee, they added in some portion to pay for the what they call deferred maintenance. These are repairs that don't happen every year. You don't replace your roof every year. You don't paint your building every year, right? But when it when you have to do it, it takes a lot of money. And so, if you don't have that money in the bank, I mean, to paint a building, uh, I know to paint my twenty-three story condominium, it runs almost a thousand, a million dollars. And that's because before you paint the building, you got to make sure that all the cracks are fixed. And so, you know, you put scaffolding around the building, and you go and you check all the floors, and you make sure that all the cracks are fixed, and then you can paint the building. And you know, so so painting a high high rise is is now over a million dollars. And, you know, and putting a roof on is several hundred thousand. And, you know, this is not money that, you know, you can, you know, sock away in a year. It means that you have to put away money a little bit every month so that every 15 years when you have to replace that roof or every 10 years when you have to paint your building, the money is in the bank and you don't have to do special assessments. And that takes planning. And and what happens, uh, and there are tools that, um, that the condominiums have. It's called a reserve study. And the res- and so uh, Maisie's law uh, bill back in the 90s required all buildings to do a reserve study. And what a reserve study does is it, uh, a person who has special training will come into your building and look at all your, compo- what they call component parts. In other words, they look at everything you, in your building that has to be repaired or fixed, that uh, where the repairs do not happen every year. So that means looking at all your equipment, your air conditioning equipment, all of the pieces of that uh, air conditioning equipment. And then you look at spalling and the spalling would include the main building. If you have a garage, if you have two towers, I mean, it it means that, you know, you have to look at each one as a component. And um, then you have your elevators, your elevators, you know, aren't repaired or renovated every year but when you have to do it it's over a million dollars. Uh, so you know so you you have to save to, because the elevators don't last forever. Okay so so you have to sock away money to do that. Your fire alarm system is also something that is in the building and you know some of that goes obsolete. And 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 so you know in, in, in order to keep up with technology that means that you're going to have to replace the parts and maybe the whole system at some point. And right now, those systems are running over a million dollars. And um, and now we've got the fire. And if you live in Honolulu, uh, you have to live with the fire safety ordinance. This is any building that's over 10 stories and doesn't have open exterior corridors. You have to put in a firearm system. I mean, fire sprinkler system. And uh, we know from the Marco Polo that their retrofit ran about $5.4 million for about 600 units. And so you do the math. Uh, it's not cheap. Uh, and um, and you know buildings are struggling to raise that kind of money, uh, and 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 you may think, well, what if we don't do it? Guess what? Your insurance goes up because now uh, you know your building that doesn't have a, a, a sprinkler system, where there's a law that says you have to have it. And of course, you know now the insurance company says, oh no, now you're more risky, and so we're, we're going to have to charge you more insurance. And so you can't win for losing. And you know, so you know, it's 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 very hard, uh, you know, for a board to deal with a lot of these issues. And what was very clear with the um, one Archer Lane situation is that the owners felt blindsided. But you know, this education is a two-way street. It's not only the board members that probably need to be educated on what they're supposed to do and when they're supposed to ask for help from consultants. But I think the owners also have to be educated. And and I know Senator Moriwaki uh, introduced a resolution that calls for the Real Estate Commission to develop a curriculum for owners and boards and to use the real estate fund uh, to uh, prepare uh, maybe educational videos that people can go online and look at. And, you know, to to learn what they're supposed to do. But you know what the one archer lane situation if you saw the news reports you have owners who said hey I didn't know and here I am you know I got to come up with $8000 and this isn't fair but then by the same token they live in a building that's getting older every day and it's going to cost money to fix this and 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 these repairs are not cheap and they live in a in, in a state where spalling occurs in all concrete buildings. So they have to understand that these repairs have to be done. They have to pay for it. And uh, I read in, in in the article where one owner said, "Well, you know, when I bought the when I bought into this building, my maintenance fees were five hundred dollars. Excuse me, the maintenance fees are not going to stay five hundred dollars uh, every year." I mean, that's ridiculous because the cost of living goes up. Uh, the HECO's electricity rates from uh, 2022 to 2023 went up over 40%. And, and those of you who um, live in condos with no fire sprinkler systems, you know your insurance rates went up. I know in my building, we it went up $65,000 uh, just in 2023, maybe because we don't have a fire alarm, I mean, fire uh, sprinkler system. And, you know, so this is what all high-rise buildings are going through. And so, you know, the fact that, you know, these uh, owners have to pay for it should not come as a surprise. Owners have to understand that it takes money to keep their buildings well-maintained and safe. And they, as owners, are the ones who are going to have to pay for it. And as I and as I understand what happened at the uh, one Archer Lane is that the board hired consultants who uh, did an inspection and basically said that you know you're you, you have spall you have spalling repairs spalling repairs are not cheap and if you don't fix it guess what your building collapses like it did in Florida and if you're an owner in that building and you were told that you know, if you don't come up with this $8,000, your building's going to collapse. I think that, you know, uh, you would probably want to pay it. And, you know, those owners should have been going to the board meetings, because uh, the consultants did come to the board meetings, did give uh, explanations, allow for question and answering. And if you didn't go, and yes, if you got the letter in the mail that said, you know, based on all of our research and all the hundreds of hours that we spent talking to consultants, and going over drawings and spreadsheets, and now we figured out we have to do this, we're gonna be doing a special assessment because we don't have the money in the bank. And and owners have to understand that these are decisions that board members have to make. They don't do it because they're trying to be mean. They're doing it because they're required uh, by the law to maintain and repair the building, to keep the building safe, and if it means doing a special assessment, so be it. I mean, that doesn't mean that the directors are bad or evil. It means they're doing their job and they have to make a hard decision. The so owners have got to cool it and back off and, and, and learn to take responsibility. And if they, and, and rather than uh, you know, being caught off guard, they should start attending their board meetings and start asking questions. Uh, so that they they you know so that they aren't caught off guard so to speak. but anyway this um bill 79 that Senator Sharon Moriwaki introduced seeks two things it requires uh board members uh to get a cert- uh, to certify which means that they have to write they you know have to uh, write on a piece of paper saying I uh have reviewed and and read, the condominium documents, which is the declaration, bylaws, and house rules, and they have to be certified uh, to uh, that they have taken education or training courses that are required uh, by this by, by this law. And the law basically uh, tells the real estate commission, uh, we want you to go and you know talk to the uh, stakeholders. The people in the community and come up with curriculum as to what the board members uh, should be uh, getting training or education on so that they can make good decisions uh, for their owners. And, you know, attending these, uh, uh, and so those are the t- two things that the bill uh, uh, requires. And during the hearings that have been held uh, since February in the legislature, Uh, You know, some of the comments are, you know, some of the pros, uh, arguments for pros is that if you require board members to be educated and certified and, um, uh, you know, that that, that they've taken the courses and read their governing documents, that they're going to make better decisions. Uh, You know, there's something called the business judgment rule, which some people who serve on boards don't even know about, but it's required. It's in the statute. And so, you know, at least if they were went through the training, they would know what the business judgment rule is. And they use that to make their decisions. And uh, they might learn about conflicts of interest because you hear these awful you know, nightmare you know, stories about board members who, hand, who hire their relatives to do work for the association. That's a clear conflict of interest, okay? And that's a big no-no. And uh, so uh, hopefully with the training that these people will learn, you don't hire your friends or relatives to work for the association where you sit on the board that's a terrible conflict of interest and um also there's you know you know people complain that you know there's selective enforcement of the rules in other words if you're a friend of the board president then you can you can have you know it, it, they will bend the rules so that it doesn't apply to you but if there's somebody else who they don't know as well they're gonna uh enforce the rules to the hill. That's called selective enforcement, and that's not permitted. And uh and and that's one of the complaints that we hear uh from a disgruntled owners, so to speak, that you know the boards selectively enforce their rules. So they they enforce them against some people and not against others. That's not right, and it's uh it should not be permitted. And uh, if, they went, if a board member went through uh, training, he would learn, he or she would learn that that's, you know, something that you you don't do. Um, and the argument has been made that if you make the board go through training, they will learn, uh, you know, the, the, the rules of governance. They will become more familiar with the condo laws and policies that are in place. And this will minimize the disputes between owners, because if... Owners have a argument or a dispute. They sometimes bring it to the board and try to get the board involved. Or if you have a dispute between the owners and the board, okay. So you know, so if you have if, if you have a, a board that is educated in policy and in governance, they might, you know that might reduce uh, the disputes. You know these disputes because you have a board uh, who's uh, more knowledgeable. And some of the cons. Some of the arguments against doing the education is number one is that if you make board members go through this educational process and certification that they're going to say hey you know i'm a volunteer i got i got a life and i'm not going to do this i'm not going to go to classes and i'm not going to sign a certification because i could get sued you know i don't want to be held personally liable and so um you know so so it's going to discourage people from serving on the board and um and you know and there is a concern that if you know you sign these uh, cert- if you sign a certification it says I reviewed the uh, governing documents and um and it's in writing and somehow down the road there's a, there you know there there's a claim violation and they're going to say, well, didn't you read the declaration? Here's your piece of paper, your certification. You said you read it, so how come you you know you voted the way you did? And so there 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 you know you have board members who are concerned that uh, by enforcing this, by passing this bill, that they would be exposed to liability. And also, you know, there's uh, there are some uh, people, some opponents of the bill that say, you know, the language is you know very vague. When you say review, what do you mean? What does review mean? And so, you know, if you don't define what review means, because review could mean anything. And so does that mean that, may, that I here is the declaration, I looked at it? Or does review mean I looked at every single line, every single word of this 68-page document? Or maybe it's a 138-page document. So are you saying that I I'm going to be liable and I'm going to have to remember everything in that document? And if I don't, you're going to sue me? And so, you know, so so these are the kinds of things that um, you know are um, were raised. The upshot, and we're we're waiting for a revised uh, bill. The bill came on for hearing last week, and it was amended. And the verbal ruling of the committee chair was that it was um, going to be um, looked at by the auditor for a sudden sunrise review. And that's something that the legislature does when they decide, okay, we're going to install this new regulation. And they have the auditor come in and check it out to make sure that there's a, you know, there's a good reason for legislating this policy to require this new regulation. And the regulation is requiring board members to be educated. So anyway, that's that's what they said verbally. But we haven't seen the language of the amendment so um we're not quite sure but if that's the case that means that there's not going to be a decision this year on any type of mandatory education but i think that they are the 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 legislation is going to encourage the real estate commission to talk to stakeholders and try to find out try to come up with a curriculum and you know you know while i'm talking about this for the viewers who are listening to me i i Encourage owners and board members to visit the uh, the DCCA website. They have a, a a website and and it has it's full of articles and these three minute there it is the three minute videos and anything that you know you would want to know about condominiums or declarations the bylaws know how to do arbitration, how to do mediation. And you know, in Hawaii, uh, if you do mediation uh of condo disputes, there's something called evaluated mediation and it's subsidized by the state of Hawaii. The state of Hawaii will pay for the neutral mediator. And so you go to that website and it will tell you uh exactly how uh that's done. And And you know, and like like I said, there's there's three minute videos. The three minute videos uh, are very entertaining, and they're short. And it will, you know, they have professional actors who uh, kind of uh, do the role playing. uh, And you know, they talk about you know uh, enforcement. They talk about mediation. uh, They talk about board. What's it like to be a board member? and you know um but anyway you know the, the 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 3 minute videos are very entertaining oh budget and financing and um uh condominium rules and and um and uh association regulations and how they are how they are uh developed and how they're enforced and so you know so i really really urge Uh, everybody to go and and check out uh, those pages, Uh, I mean, the the website, because the website uh, has, you know, such good information on it. And we really need to educate both owners and board members on the complexities of living in, I mean, it is, it's hard living in a condominium uh, because of the issues that come up, and if it's an older building, it makes it even harder uh, because uh, the repairs and maintenance are more expensive uh, for an older building than they are for a newer building. Uh, but you know, this issue about uh, uh, education of board members is 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 alive and well in the legislature. Uh, the fact that it's going through a sunrise review just means that it's going to be one more step before the legislature. Gets involved. And, you know, my advice to board members is to take advantage of the DCCA website, take advantage of the courses that are currently being offered by CAI, Hawaii Council, uh, the DCCA real estate branch, and the various property management companies in town uh, who have these uh, board training sessions to take advantage of them. uh, Because, you know, at some point, if the state of Hawaii makes it mandatory, uh, you know, I, I think it's 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 going to make your life a little bit harder, a little bit more complicated. And if you you know were to do this voluntarily, uh, it might uh, stop the complaints from the disgruntled owners who show up at the legislature, and they do they grumble, and they don't paint a pretty picture of boards boards of directors. In fact, the boards of directors come off as being petty uh, uh, and uh, self-serving and, you know, power hungry, uh, you know, all these uh, negative terms and, you know, which they're not. Most board members, I mean, they try very, very hard uh, to make good decisions that are going to benefit their association. And so I think it's a bad rap. They're getting a bad rap. Um, and there are a few people out there who I, I, I agree, I've seen, I've actually seen instances of bad board members. And yes, they're out there. And I wish we could get them to come in and sit down and go through some training uh, because they, they make life uncomfortable uh, for people who live in their projects, which isn't fair uh, to those uh, residents. And so I, I, I'm, I'm very sympathetic when I hear people talk about uh, some boards who won't let them speak at board meetings, uh, who do uh, selective enforcement of rules and make it very obvious, who have conflict of interest by hiring their friends and relatives to do work for the association. They do it blatantly. I mean, these are not acts that are, uh, that are condoned uh, by the um, Real Estate Commission or uh, by the statute, or I don't think by the governing documents of any condominium. And so I think owners have to understand that there are bad, just like anything else, there are bad apples everywhere. And unfortunately, we had some bad apples who sit on boards of directors of condominiums. And what this law is trying to do is address that situation. and um, But we don't know now when or how soon uh, that will happen. And so um, we'll just have to wait and see. So uh, we will be be reporting at the end of the session anyway as to you know, what happens with this. and and Senator Moriwaki did say that she would be on uh, one of our shows after the session to, to and I'm sure this is one bill that she's going to be talking about because this is one that you know, she has worked very hard uh, to at least uh you know get a hearing. And thank you very much for joining us. Uh, for this episode, and uh, please tune in next week for another episode of Condo Insider. Mahalo and aloha. Thank you so much for watching Think Tech Hawaii. If you like what we do, Please like us and click the subscribe button on YouTube and the follow button on Vimeo. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, and donate to us at thinktechhawaii.com. Mahalo!